What an honour this is. Uh, so exciting. Uh, we tracked down one of the greatest players that's ever played the well, game of cricket. His, his stats and his awards speak for themselves. Over the summer, he got inducted into the New South Wales Cricket Hall of Fame. And as he just explained to us off air, he's on the same Hall of Fame as Sir Don Bradman. Can you believe it? And that is our great friend, Mike Whitney. G'day, Mike. Jack and Woz, how you going, boy? Good, mate. <laughs> Just tell us about this award, mate. I mean, we both can't believe that uh, you've been uh, inducted oh, in the believe. Hall of Fame. I mean, we both think you're completely uh, worthy, but uh, it's just unbelievable. Well, Jack, I couldn't believe it either. I mean, the chairman of Cricket New South Wales rang me up and said on the phone, you've been nominated and you've got to accept the nomination so we can induct you on the second day of the test match against Pakistan out at the SCG. You and John Dyson. And I played a lot of cricket with Dyson. I played club cricket with John, played shield cricket with John, and John played in my first test match when I got pulled out of obscurity in 1981. So I have a very close connection with John. And I said to the chairman, you never do it there. Like, you always do it at the Steve War Belinda Clark Medal, which is for the Player of the Year Awards. He said, we're doing it differently. We're going to have it in the New South Wales room with... I mean, John and John and Mrs., Mr. and Mrs. John Howard were there, the ex-Prime Minister and all those people. And I got a chance to take my family out, and so did Dyson. But I couldn't believe what he was saying to me on the phone. And when I hung up the phone, I got to tell you, mate, I had a tear running down my face because I'd looked down that list a couple of times... And as I said to you off air, they're not only the greatest men and women that have played for New South Wales, the majority of them are the greatest players that have ever played for Australia. And I know I had a go, and I know I played for a long time, but, mate, I just never, ever thought I was good enough to make that list. So Daiso said the same, and we're on a list with Sir Donald Bradman and Richie Benno and Alan Davidson and Doug Walters and Glenn McGrath, Stephen Mark Wall. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Victor Trumper, the Demon Spoffer. I mean, how do you get on a list with those guys? Like, come on. So very, very humbled, and it's still sinking in, to be honest with you. I haven't actually – it hasn't fully sunk in yet. And it was over – it was a month ago. <laughs> Well, it was magic. It was just so humbling, and I'm just so grateful. Just so grateful. Marcus was here. Congratulations. Uh, I mean that. And would this, once it does sink in, does this maybe just top it all off and you, you can sit right back and go, you know what? Yeah, I believe now I was, I was part of uh, cricketing history. Yeah, I'm just absorbing that statement, was, and I... I suppose in terms of New South Wales, yeah, yeah, you, you got to be, you got to be part of the history of, of New South Wales cricket if you're on that list. And the big thing for me to have my family there and I had a couple of my kids there and their partners and niece and my sister and my brother-in-law. And I said to them, I wanted the youngins to be there. And no, they're not young; they're thirty, you know, in their thirties. But because I wanted, I wanted them to be able to tell their grandchildren that they were there when their dad or their uncle got, you know, into the New South Wales Cricket Hall of Fame. Because it's a really big deal, man. And it's, and all those things was mm. thinking far out, man. I'm part of the history now. My name's on that list. It's just, it's just gobsmacking and as I said very humble by it and very grateful to be nominated and and I'm a blue bag through and through so the honor couldn't be any 
bigger for me, really, in a cricket sense. Just amazing. And I think, too, you, I mean, you would have seen that with your club cricket ties and, and everything. It's very, it's relative that, you know, people I know, they're the uh, great players at their own respective club clubs and in footy and or any type of sport. And to, to be honoured like that, it's uh, hugely emotional to start with, but it's such a, it is such a huge deal. Mate, I got made a life member of the Randwick Cricket Club and we're, of course, now Randwick Petition and where I'm the president. I cried that night. <laughs> and, then, and then Cricket New South Wales came along and then I did a fair bit for the Rabbitohs over a long period of time and they made me a life member as well. And I cried that day. I had my dear old mum who's passed on. Now, she'd come to the Redfin Town Hall when they invested me as a life member of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And, oh, mate, I, again, those days were just phenomenal days in my life and you know you just don't think I just I never played for that I just Mm. played because I loved it and I wanted to win for my club and I wanted to win for New South Wales and when I played for Australia you go out there to win and played with amazing players and went on a couple of tours mate I was satisfied with that to be honest with you but all these other accolades are just mind-blowing so yeah just an amazing thing that happened that day and I'll always remember that Test match Australia versus Pakistan because of that, you know. Yes, yes. Well, I just I uh, couldn't believe that uh, uh, you know gladiator referee would cry so much. <laughs> I was hoping they were going to ring me and say, "Do you want to do it again?" I was going to say, "No, no way." <laughs> Mike, Mike, I was going to. I think gladiators has already been taken off prime time, has it? And it's on. Yeah. It's on another station that you don't tune into. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to ask that, Mike, uh, that I did watch a show, an episode, and it it belongs back when you were doing it. Um, I don't think it can can make it in this day and age, and uh, it definitely wasn't the same, mate. No, and they had a, you know, crowd noise clapping like no live crowd and stuff like that. I mean, that was the the essence of the gladiators that I did, where you had a crowd there. Yes. And the glads played up to the crowd and the crowd got frightened and then they cheered and then they... And it was a full house. It was um, Boondall Entertainment Centre, 5,000 people, chock-a-block, screaming their heads off. So that created the atmosphere. They tried to bring it back, I think, 10 years ago or something like that. It didn't work then. It's really difficult mm. to replicate that, that original... Because it's the original, and and they're trying to tweak it a little bit now. Yeah, it's a bit bit of a bummer for them. <laughs> well, they, That's I mean, all I can say. Well, just can't they haven't brought back who dares wins the second time round. Uh. Well, the guys that own the license for who dares wins made it all around the world after it finished here, and I think they're all sailing around the world in. $10 million yachts and stuff like that. So they're pretty happy too. So I don't know. We've I've run into them occasionally and said, you ever thought of, you know, doing the show and bringing it back? And they just go, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah yeah, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Uh, now, the, now the summer of uh, test cricket's finished. Um, and yeah. it finished on a, uh, on a well, d- down note for Australia, but a high note for actual test cricket from around the world with uh, Joseph uh, absolutely dominating that second innings. Uh, can you just uh, just take us back uh, to your seven for? Because uh, uh, <laughs> just just explain to us uh, what it's what's it like to finish with figures of seven uh, wickets in a test innings. Well, that's a really good question, Jack. Because I sat down <laughs> after my seven for, which went 
it started at the end of the second day, went all through the third day, and the I completed my 30th over at the start of the fourth day. Right. <laughs> seven for 89 off 30 overs. Seven for twenty seven, that was against India in Perth. Yeah. That was another game. Oh right. You've got that a couple was a different test, mate. That was my second seven for Jack. Even comparing those, one took thirty overs on Adelaide Oval, the other one took twelve overs on Perth. Oh, right. One was seven for eighty nine, the other was seven for twenty seven. But the seven for eighty nine was in nineteen eighty nine, the last test against the West Indies. And there'd been a couple of Newspaper article from one particularly written by a guy called Rod Nicholson, who was a big Melbourne journalist, and he was ghosting articles for Greg Chappell. And Greg just come out and give it to me. Said, <laughs> not good enough. The West Indies were whacking around the ground on the flat Adelaide Oval batting wicket. And it was a perfect wicket. It was the best batting wicket in the world. And they had Greenwich Haynes, Richardson, Richards, Hooper, Logie. Dujon coming in at seven. It's not a bad top seven. And the bowling attack was uh, Kirtley, Courtney, Malcolm, I think, Mal yeah, Malcolm and uh, Patrick Patterson. Mm. So it was pretty good sides. So but he hit seven for against them. The world, the Kings was, I sat in the stand after it as the sun went down at the end of the day's play and really believed that I could, could play at that level. And that's what it did to me. It made me believe that I was good enough to play at test level and compete. I was the same. I got a seven for 15 in the fours and thought that I belonged then in, into the threes. Well, it does, was. It makes you believe that you can do it at whatever level you play. Whatever level you're playing, you take a six, seven or an eight for a, a fiver, you believe that you can get those people out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surrounded when, 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 when it was Viv and Richie Richardson oh, and wow. a couple of them, it was pretty big for me, I tell you, because they were amazing and... Oh. And they were still the kings of, of world cricket at the time. Oh, look, Mike, with all due respect, I mean, was it a seven for in the fourths? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got an LBW given by their own umpire, so that was that was handy. Did he rob you? And, and was had three catches dropped as well. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what a performance by Shamir Joseph uh, in Brisbane. I mean, did you did you expect it all? I mean, were you saw you pleased for him at the end? Look, I was actually down at my sister's place. My a great nephew of mine, young Rory Haddon, got christened. Oh, yeah. So we're watching it after the christening on her TV in her house, and she lives two hours south of Sydney. And she said, how's he bowling after getting hit on the foot yesterday? I went, well, he's probably had 10 needles and a lot of painkillers, but he's running in and he's bowling with a bit of heat, mm. and the wicket started to fall. And I said to her at one stage, well, they get a couple again soon. Like, they're going to really put us under pressure, and the runs were coming down. It was very exciting. Yeah. It was test cricket at its best. And then I said to my sister secretly, don't tell anybody I ever said this because I hate Australia losing. If the West Indies win this test match for them and all of the Caribbean, oh, mate, I said the consumption of rum and marijuana <laughs> will, will multiply times 25 million this weekend because they haven't had anything. And I started to think about Viv and Clive Lloyd and... All them old boys I played against who have had nothing to celebrate except a couple of T20 wins and stuff like that in the last 20 years. They would have been like Brian Lara and Carl Hooper crying. Jeez. 
crying. So I was really st- – it's terrible when we lose a test match, especially at the Gabba. Mm. That was the other thing, our fortress. Mm. But for them to win that and that young team – and some of them aren't that young. I mean, that Graves is like 30 – and he's just debuted, so he's a believer. He's hung in there for a long, long time before he made his test debut. But the young fellas, the smiles on their face, uh, the injection that'll give Caribbean cricket is just phenomenal. So I was really stoked, and it was really good for world cricket. Yes. Can I say, hate to see us lose playing tiddlywinks. Yes. But for the game and the game of test cricket, world cricket and all of them dudes in the Caribbean, mate, absolutely a thousand percent big tick. Well, that's what we're going to hope for, isn't it? I mean, hopefully the West Indies now become really competitive in all forms of cricket. I mean, it's it's well and good that they're good at uh, sort of the shorter forms, but we need them competitive in the longer stuff, don't we? Well, we do, but, you know, that's the ICC's got to look at that because apparently West Indies cricket is broke. They've mm. got no money, so they offer them paltry contracts where they can go to the IPL and get... 20 times that, and they keep losing players like that. But it was really good to hear Shamar Joseph say, I'm not going to T20, I want to play Test cricket. I mean, what a shot in the arm that is for a young bloke to say to all the up-and-coming. And And what about his story? Mm. He's like two days down the river and a day's track into the bush to find his village. (laughs) Like, unbelievable story. I mean, that is just... That's incredible. Man, some of the stories connected with those young blokes were fantastic. I was so stoked. And particularly after they got wiped in like two days and a session in the first test, to come back and win that magnificent performance and great for test cricket. I mean, everybody's... Mate, everywhere I go, people are saying to me at the moment, oh, what about the West Indies winning that test? So it's really created a lot of interest. It's great. No, it is good. Have you caught up with your uh, your good mate, Davey Warner, since he's retired? I haven't caught up with Davey. I actually rang him a few times, but he's really dodgy at getting back, so I'm trying to get onto his Mrs. Candace now, but she's really busy as well. But, we're, yeah, we want David to play a few games for us, and, you know, he's still going to play a bit of T20 cricket, so I'm not sure. He might even be in Dubai or Abu Dhabi at the moment playing over there, but, yeah, we definitely want him to play for the Randy Peets, and... That's the conversation I want to have with him. Yes. Are you up playing a couple of games before the end of the season or next year, whatever, just to, you know, Ooh. just to see if he wants to play. So, but what a magnificent, magnificent career. Nice. I mean, in years to come, people will look down his stats and just go, wow, what a player in yeah. all forms of the game. I mean, just unbelievable. Well, that was sort of the, uh, the thing at the end. I mean, if Steve Smith didn't make those runs, everyone will be almost wanting him back again. Well, could you imagine if if Steve Smith had got out for zip yeah. and the pressure that would have put on the batting order because it's sort of not, you know, Marnus is only averaging 30, that's well below his best. Then there's pressure on the young bloke, the big tall dude, what's his name, Cameron. Yep. Pressure on him, pressure on Carey, although he's really found a purple patch with his batting order. He played a couple of great innings in the test match. So, yeah, for Stephen to bat through the innings, and I think that's the first time an opener's done that for a long time. There wasn't much talk about that. Mm. But uh, for him to bat through the innings and pretty much consolidate his spot. But they don't, all of the players and all the ex-players know he's good enough to do it. Yeah, That's it. You just can't lose that early wicket like we did. And that puts pressure on Usman, but he loves that pressure as he just absorbs it. <laughs> what about just nil emotion? <laughs> but I've got to say, I've known Usman since he was 15, or like younger, since he was about 10, really, but he came to our club at 15. 
he's just the coolest dude you'd ever meet. Yeah. Seriously, he's just a cool dude. And when you're in his company, you're just so relaxed, and that's the way he approaches life. And and he's a really good person to be around. Where when you're with David, you're exhausted after about six minutes because <laughs> <laughs> he's just on fire and he's doing it. You know, he's going back, back, back a million miles an hour. So yeah, extraordinary opening batting partnership. But mate, they were good. They were really. Really good and played cricket for the same junior club. I've known each other since they were like six or seven. That's a crazy story too. Well, they're going to end up on the same board you are by the sounds of it. Oh, don't mention it again. I'll start crying, boys. Come on. Well, you, well, you, you own another award, Mark, and that's uh, our favourite guest by yeah. a mile. So. Oh, good on you, boys. I love talking to you dudes, mate. It's always a lot of fun. And you've always done a bit of research as well, or have you? Uh, well, no. Oh, always, mate. Yeah, <laughs> all over. <laughs> comes in with nothing. I've, I've written for three days. <laughs> but he does oh, Hey, we'll let you get back on the road, Mike. Uh, really appreciate you stopping over and uh, giving us some of your time, mate. Uh, enjoy the rest of the summer, mate. And again, congratulations on your Hall of Fame induction. Good on you, Jack. Thanks, boys. Lovely to talk to you, boys. Looking forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks, Mike. Can't Catch wait. you, mate. Very. See you, mate. Uh, Mike Whitney there, former Australian Test cricketer and now in the New South Wales Cricket Hall of Fame.